Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by children's author Aaron Fox. Thank you. Well, well you're welcome. Welcome to the room. Um, so how are you tonight, Aaron? I'm good. I am uh, sweating it out in balmy Springfield, Missouri tonight. Oh, nice, nice. Yes, it is kind of muggy here today, too. Um, so I want to start right off because I found this very interesting. Let's talk radio. Tell us how, okay. how you became a sports radio, how that came um, first. Well, I went to the University of Missouri for uh, broadcast journalism, and I was actually the only one that did not want to be in TV. Um, I wanted to be in radio. My first thought was to become a sports play-by-play -play person. Um, and I thought, since I was already at Mizzou, which is one of the best um, journalism schools in the world, I figured I would give it a whirl. and. I ended up uh, working for a local radio station um, before I even graduated college. So then I sta stayed around there for a long time. And then um, Tom Bradley and I became friends when I was working there. And then he called me later when he had his own show and asked if I wanted to be the sports director. And so I quit my day job and I went back to radio for a while. Nice. So what, what at the time was the day job? Uh, I was working at State Farm in auto claims, actually, oh. and it was, yeah, it was steady, but it was, it just, it, it wasn't a passion, obviously, so. It's just kind of mundane, I get you, I get you. Yeah. Um, so, tell me the difference, I mean, uh, other than the obvious. I, I'm sure you have to pretty much write what you're talking about as far as when you're on radio, correct? You do some type of writing for what you're going to speak about, Yes. Yes, um, that's actually where I, I figured out my strength was writing in short bursts was when I started in radio out of college, I could I could write like a 30 second news story or a minute long sports story or something like that. And so um, I really honed, uh, you know, writing as much as I could in a small, small space. And when I had my first son, Eli, uh, we were reading children's books every night. And I just sort of got this hankering to start writing, <clears throat> you know, because I had always been interested in writing, but never, you know, I, I don't think I could write a full novel. So when we started, um, you know, doing these children's books every night. I said, I think I can, I think I could do one of these. And so it just sort of took off from there. You know, when I first started, um, well, I should say, before I started writing, my husband told me, he says, you need to write, you need to write. And I was like, I can't write a book. All I can do is write this short stuff, you know, for Christmas right, cards, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And I, for, from right off the beginning, I started to write little bits, just a little at a time, and maybe 100 to 200 words each time I sat down. And slowly, if I did that every day, it started to get bigger and bigger. And my first little bit at it was like 15,000 words, and the next one was 20. You know what I'm saying? So don't sure. cut yourself short. I mean, you might actually have it in you to do a full novel. That's probably true. And I, I you know, my thing is once I get started writing, I usually write for a while. It's, it's once I get stopped <laughs> that I have problems getting back. <laughs> into the groove so i i think you're probably right if i had something that i was really into 
and wanted to go back to all the time. I think I think I could bang out a a longer book, but right. Um, it sounds daunting still, so <laughs> keep that on the back burner. Well, I understand about the stop and go. I recently fractured my elbow, so currently not writing. But <laughs> I heard that I broke my foot uh, less than a year ago, <sighs> so it didn't. It didn't stop me from writing, but it also stopped me from doing almost everything. So. Unless you were writing with your toes. <laughs> yeah, it might right. have something to do with that. Um, I, when I did my, fir my first book, it was Bathroom Breaks. That's when I started writing, was Bathroom Breaks. So wow. I, I know, right? Um, husband bang on the door, why are you still in there? <laughs> but, <laughs> but seriously, Bathroom Breaks, just that little bit of time, couple a couple hundred words each time. And it, it builds up. It really does. So as we're talking about books, let's um, travel back a little bit in time, so to speak, uh, to about okay. 2018, I believe, was your first book. Uh, that's when I, yeah, that's when I got it in my hot little hands. Your hot little hands. Um, so Secret Life of a Sloth. Tell us about its creation. So uh, uh, on the radio show, actually, <clears throat> we were talking about my, I guess, propensity to sort of take things easy and slow things down. And so I got compared to a sloth, but then I can also, if I need to ratchet it up, I can do that as well. And so the term ninja sloth was sort of born out of that conversation. And that just always, it was like implanted into my brain, ninja sloth, there's not... <laughs> There's never been a ninja sloth, and I need to create one. So that was the impetus for that uh, first book. And then I, I fell in love with Sloan, Sloan Steady, as a matter of fact, is his full name. Um, and he is the sort of, um, he's the alter ego of ninja sloth. And I fell in love with him. And so I, the reason I called it the secret life of Sloan the Sloth is that he becomes ninja sloth. So I sort of wanted it to make it about him and about him becoming the superhero. Nice. So, and tell us how the first book um, came off with your with your readers. I mean, were you a sensation right off the bat? Hold on, we're getting just. Oh no! <laughs> I don't. I still don't think I'm a sensation, but I, I, you know, I, I sort of had zero expectations because I did almost everything on that first book myself. It was completely independent, and so, you know, I had the, everything that I, I did, the next step, I would have to research how, how to even do that. So, you know, in, in getting the co <clears throat> copyright and getting, you know, the ISBN number and all that good stuff, I had no idea about any of that. So it was a really long process that first time, and I really had no idea what to expect when the book came out. I was just so happy to have it you know, come in a box to my house and I could actually open the box and hold, you know, it was unboxing. That was actually, I think that was pretty popular at the time. I didn't make my a video of myself opening it, but I'm sure I would have looked like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> so I opened it and I held it and I was like, even if nothing happens, I, you know, I made this out of nothing. And so I was really proud of that. And, you know, it's, it's still selling to this day. I have a second book now slown the sloth and it's 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 really good i'm i am not a worldwide sensation yet but um people locally and and starting to build regionally are uh, are into it and uh and you know the the best part is is seeing kids that are 
you know, either obsessed with sloths or obsessed with ninjas or both, you know, and, and getting really excited when they read the book. So that's, um, even if I don't become a best-selling author, it'll still be worth it. Well, hold on. I'm going to mute you, you just a second because I'm getting feedback. Okay. And then I promise I'll unmute you. <laughs> I promise. Um, since we're talking about this being um, your first book, tell me, because you, you talked about what the first book, I know you're quite a few into it now. I think you're about four or five books. But um, tell me about um, the, the illustrations. I'm very curious about that, especially where it comes to your first book. Let's talk about the first book and illustrations. Um, I didn't know anybody who was a children's book illustrator. I had images in my mind of the jungle that Sloan lived in, and it just sort of came through as a almost like a video game or a graphic design sort of a thing. Okay. So I actually asked around locally in Columbia, Missouri about um, if if anybody knew a graphic designer that had either done a children's book or who you know was sort of into it or wanted to try it. And I met a, a gentleman, actually, we, I, never, I never did meet him until after the book came out. We talked uh, through Facebook Messenger, text, and email in, throughout the entire creation book. So, um, but his name was Stacy, and, and he, um, he was interested in it. He did a mock-up of, of a sloth on, on a tree, and I was like, that's exactly what's in my head, so let's, let's roll with it. And, he had never done a children's book and I hadn't either. So we kind of went on that ride together and I got really lucky because I think I got him for a decent price, not, you know, bargain, bargain basement, <laughs> right. but um, he also laid out the book and made the, uh, the cover. Um, and he did that all sort of in the same cost as the illustrations, which um, is pretty unheard of for children's book. Uh, you know, so I, I got a pretty good deal on that one. Okay, so this is, okay, so uh, this is, hold on, I'm going to mute you again. My apologies, we're getting so much feedback. Well, no, I don't hear myself now. Okay, we're good. <laughs> so, his name was uh, Stacy David Wallingford, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can tell I have your website up, Dave. <laughs> you're Aaron. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I love to look at everyone's stuff when we're talking. It just makes great reference for me. Um, so... When we talk about books, I found this one interesting. You have a book about a mascot. How did this come about? Yes. And I believe, and I hope I get this right, how Truman found his roar. Am I correct? You are correct. Awesome. Uh, Truman the Tiger is the uh, mascot for the University of Missouri, which I've been a fan of Mizzou uh, since I was born, basically. And then I went to the University of Missouri and got my degree. Um, and so I've always, you know, and I still live in the town where I went to college. So all of that equaled, you know, I, I just, it was boiling over inside me that since I had already made a children's book and proven to myself that I could do it, the next thing was I got to write a book about Mizzou. And I figured what better way than their mascot, uh, you know, if I'm going to get into the hearts and minds of children, and then what would I talk about a journey that a, a tiger would go through? 
And I just thought to myself, I don't think I've ever seen a book that focuses on how a lion or a tiger gets their roar. So that that is the direction I took. And so he goes all over the state of Missouri and around um, in, in what he calls tiger country, which is basically just meeting a bunch of Missouri fans. Um, and it's uh, it's that's definitely the book I'm most proud of just because I think there had been other books about Truman, but they weren't as detailed and as all in, encompassing as this one was. Mm -hmm. And and uh, the University of Missouri actually has has been very receptive of it, partly because they get a little money every time I sell one. But they've also they've got it in their team stores and they've got it. You know, they were giving it to what they called Tigers in Training, um, which is uh, if if two alumni give birth. Um, they send them the book in the mail, basically, Aww. so they can get them, yeah, get them to be a, a Tigers fan from the very beginning. And you were talking about not being successful. That is freaking awesome. My book is not in a college given out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that that was that was uh, the 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 biggest check I think I've gotten was from the university. Nice, because they they bought all of them on the front end. So that was, and it was right before COVID hit. So it was. It was necessary to have that little that little uh, nest egg while I worked on other books during COVID. Right. Well, that's that's freaking awesome. I would have led with that. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been right in my bio. Um, so let's talk about T-shirts. I saw the most adorable yeah. shirts, Ninja Sloth. I want to know how this came. Yeah. About. I mean, we know it came from the book, but tell me how that started to come out onto shirts. So Stacy, the one that did the illustrations, he has his own clothing line. Oh. And originally, yeah, I originally, but it's it's sort of his brand and it's not really for kids. And so I had originally talked to him to see if he was interested. And he he was, he just sort of wanted, you know, if, if they were going to do it, he gave his permission. But he said that that would basically, he wouldn't necessarily need to be involved. Um, so the... the idea sort of went away and then um i have some friends in columbia that started making t-shirts for uh university of missouri athletes um now that the name image and likeness thing has come around mm -hmm. um and so in my job with the radio i sort of got to to know them better and um and i went and bought a t-shirt and they actually have started their own, you know, I have my own collection through them. It's called 573Ts, and I think it's just 573Ts.com. Um, but yeah, we uh, basically, I, I just have the words Ninja Sloth in, in block black lettering, and then uh, Ninja Sloth is hanging from the, let's see, what would it be? The J in Ninja, I believe. So it's a pretty cool shirt. It's, it's green, it's got black lettering, and it's, you know what I've noticed so far is kids kids love it obviously, but there's been a couple of adults, especially uh, my friends and family, that are like, "Yeah, yeah, let's get <laughs> let's get that shirt for us." So I, I liked um, it. I thought it was adorable. Well, thank you, and it helped that my kids are pretty adorable, and they were the ones that modeled it for me. Now, now I was going to ask you if you had children, and how your how you're perceived by your children as writing books. I mean, do they get into your <laughs> books? I mean, are they are they critiquing? It's like, Dad, I don't know, but this I can't this can't happen. <laughs> well, there's sort of 
uh, critiquing by omission because they <laughs> they could care less <laughs> that I wrote the book. Now they, I mean, they have read them and I've read it to them, but uh -huh. they, you know, anytime they pick out a book, it's it's almost never. And you know they they go to events and stuff, and they I think they realize that Daddy's an author. But outside of that, I don't think uh, I don't think it registers how cool how cool of a deal it is. Right. Well, you know that's how it is. And I mean, I always tell people my mom loves my work, but it never seems to count. <laughs> my mom and my wife are my two biggest supporters. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I tell everybody, I'm a star. My mom loves me. She loves my work. Seriously. <laughs> um, trust me. I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I'm guessing when I uh, when they get a little older, they'll they'll think it's cool that I, I did that on my own. But right. right now, I don't think they're really... They see my name on it, but they're I, I just don't know that they're putting it together. So. Now, how old are they again? So my oldest, Eli, just turned seven. And my youngest son, Hudson, is about to turn four. Oh, okay. Well, they're, they're still very young, so they're not, they're probably not even at the age where they're embarrassed to be with you. <laughs> Did I lose you, Aaron? Oh, I'm, I'm still here. Can okay. you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Um, so... Let's dive into your newest work. I believe this is Legend of the Mask, a Sloan yeah. the Sloth story. Tell us about the newest. So this is, um, it was a different process in writing. Um, and, and really all three of the main commercial books I have um, have been um, different writing styles. And then I, I did a couple with Charity uh, for charity, with charity, and those were those were different still because I collaborated on them. Um, but this one, I sort of um, I came up with a list of things that I would want to continue into the Sloan story, and something that I had stuck in my craw from the first book was where did this mask come from? Because basically, Sloan finds a mask in his tree and it's got magical powers and he automatically becomes ninja sloth and you know you don't have to explain too much backstory in a story for five to seven year olds but me as an adult i was like where did this thing come from so i wrote like this old school ninja story and so i felt like i had to go back in time and so for a children's book it's actually kind of heady because I go back in time and we meet these monkeys and the rainforest is being chopped down by humans and they're wanting to stop the humans and then this mystical monkey has a mask and so it's a, I just throw it all against the wall to see what stuck and it was it was a decent story but my goodness did it have to be cut down and um, chopped apart so that it could uh, be read by you know five to seven six to eight year olds right now. Are you able to do that yourself, or do you have an editor now? Because I know you said the first book was um, indie published. Now, you since have a publisher, correct? Yeah, well, I use um, ma uh, Mascot Books, which I, I started, obviously, when I did the Mascot-specific book, but they've actually gone away from that. Um, they're, they're what's called a hybrid publisher, 
So um, I can pay them for any service that I need, and then I basically control all the rights on the back end of the book. Uh -huh. um, and so they they do provide editing, and I'm in a I'm a big fan of critique groups. Uh -huh. So it um, and I I've sort of started a couple in Colombia, but we just can't. I think it's it would be a vibrant community if I could uh, if I could convince like five or six of us to to meet every month, but um but yeah that's that's um very helpful for me and i i basically can hand it to four you know children's book authors or you know people that want to be children's book authors and i can say look i need to cut this down what what do you think i can get rid of or what do you think i should dumb down and that's really good and then my wife is a third grade teacher so she's she loves to get out a red pen and cross off words in my uh in manuscript so nice. Uh, yeah I have a I have a good network that I can use and then I do have a official editing as well well that's cool what the wife with the red pen would be scary to me but I get yeah <laughs> in it well and she's she's noticed I have these I have tendencies now where I I use this and that a little too much mm. and so she's always she's like here's a that that can go and right so she's just slashing them left and right so <laughs> It's it's necessary, but it is it is painful. Right. And you know, as the author, <clears throat> that's the good news is that even with your wife, you don't have to take their. You know, if it's <laughs> ultimately it's your baby, and you can yeah. uh, you can leave with this and that in there if you want to. I feel yeah, I I really do. Um, my husband has red pinned me a couple of times, so I feel the I feel the weight of that. <laughs> Yeah, it hurts, it but does. I ask her to do it, so, Well, you know. I have a great assistant, and she's red-pinned me, too, and I'm like, crap, but do you know how I write? Right, <laughs> so, yes, uh, and yeah. then what do you, you, you got those, you know, you've got little anecdotes or whatever you put in your book, and what are you going to do with them? I know. You just keep them, keep them in a file for later, I guess. My, my timer went off, but I, I do have two more questions for you. Would you mind if we continue? Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm on your website, and I'm looking at the other, another book that you have up here, and this is about um, a children's guide to giving back. So the title is How Can I Help? Tell me how this one came about. Yes. So there is an organization in Columbia called Tigers on the Prowl, and it is sort of a takeoff on the Missouri Tigers, but they're not affiliated with the university. They what they do is they they choose local artists to um, make any sort of that you can either do a physical tiger or you can do a painting of a tiger a variation on that theme and then the artists donate their time and their art and then they auction it off and it goes to charities. So Chuck uh, Cruz is the the leader of that organization and he sort of approached me and said would you be interested if we got a lot of the these local author uh, artists to do these illustrations would you would you help us write the book and then sort of you know with the publishing as well and I said sure <laughs> uh, not knowing first of all I think that was going right into the pandemic so that delayed things and my goodness, was it hard. There were, I think there were four different illustrators. Wow. And so we had way too many cooks in the kitchen, but the book is actually very good. And uh, the money to that goes to the charity, obviously. So um, it's not, 
it's not one that I you're going to necessarily find like on Amazon or anything like that, but it is um, it is available locally and all the money stayed locally. So nice. and I, I really I really thought that we 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 made an impact with kids. And so I'd like to once we sell out of the books, I'd like to sort of see if I can get the rights and sort of keep it going. But that would nice. depend on what the charity wanted to do as well. Right. Well, see, and I see that as another great success story. You said you weren't that successful yet, but I'm seeing a, a, a lot difference here. Um, I have one. Well, final... I guess it depends on what your definition of success is. Well, um, the biggest definition I have for being successful is enjoying what you do, and if you have that, then you truly are successful. So. Well, I do love it for sure. So. Well, that's great. I do have one more final question for you before I let you go this evening. Um, yeah. I would love to know what's coming next for you. Tell me what's on oh, your man, writing block. Good question. Uh, so I have a couple of um, stories um, hammered out and am sort of waiting either on on money to produce it on the front end or I, I would like to go the traditional publishing route because I haven't done that yet. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously that's not up to me. <laughs> I can I can send it out uh, as many times as I want, but somebody's actually got to say, yeah, we'll do that. Um, one thing I'm really looking forward to, and I'm, I'm, I think I have to go traditional because it's a board book situation, but um, I'm, I've written the first three of an alliterative animal alphabet series. Um, so A is, uh, let's see, alligators attacking A words, and then B is busy beavers building B words, and then C is curious cats can see words. Nice. So what I really like <laughs> is that it, obviously it's alliterative and it's got, you know, sight words for those that are kindergarten and younger. And it also is counting because there's going to be a different number of the animals on every page and it helps with the alphabet. So I, I really feel like it, it, you know, touches all corners of early learning. So um, I'm hoping I can find somebody. I know uh, Sandra Boynton actually just made her own imprint and it, it feels like when I'm, when I'm coming up with goofy names and animals and stuff, it feels like a Sandra Boynton book if you're familiar <laughs> with that at all. So Right. Well, that would be great. That sounds awesome, and I wish you the best of luck on that. And if you do, get it going. Hey, hit us back up because we'd love to have you back on. I will do that. Wonderful. I want to thank you, Aaron, so much for being on the program tonight. You were delightful. Oh, thank you. And thank you for, for talking to art uh, authors. It's amazing. Well, I try. <laughs> I try. Um, I want to thank our audience once again um, from YouTube to Podbean, um, to our newest at Denver, Wisdom. And I have to tell you, Aaron, we have 25 listeners from Wisdom alone with us tonight. Nice. I know, right? So thank you so much, listeners. You guys just, you make my night. You really do. Every time there's more people in the room, it just, I, I'm just delighted. I just really am. So thank you guys, everyone, for coming in tonight. I'm